Welcome to Emerge, and this is our podcast. Emerge is a place where we're all about raising champions fully devoted to Christ. We want to say thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message encourages and uplifts you. Enjoy the message. Brand new, and um, we've been talking from Isaiah 42, sorry, Isaiah 43, verse 19, which says that I will do a brand new thing. I will do a brand new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts, meaning the things that seem impossible to man, they are possible with God. And because you have that God, every impossibility in your life becomes possible. That's why he says, I would make a road in the deserts. I will make a river in the deserts and a road in the wilderness. You know, God has never stopped doing new things. In Genesis chapter 1, in the very beginning, we read the account of creation, and everything God created was brand new. Everything he did was new. The heavens, new. The earth, new. The trees, new. The rivers, new. Man was what? New. That same God hasn't stopped doing new things. He hasn't stopped doing new things. In Isaiah 42 verse 9, he said that the former things have come to pass. Meaning all the things he has prophesied about our lives, they've come to pass. And that's why you're here. And he's also saying that, guess what? I'm going to say new things also that will come to pass in your life. First Corinthians 2.9 says that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it come into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him. Eyes have not seen. You haven't seen everything yet about your life. There are some miracles, some signs, some wonders, some glory that are about to emerge out of your life. And in the name of Jesus, you're not going to miss any one of them. That same God is alive, is well, is here. And guess what? He has new things ready for you, even in this year, 2020, in Jesus' name. So, I've titled this last message security controls title is security controls safeguarding your testimony safeguarding your what it's very important for you to know that you can lose a testimony if you're not careful the same testimony you shared the same one that God gave you it's important for you to know that you can lose it. You can lose a brand new thing. God told Adam, when he created Adam, the scripture says that he put him in the garden to tend and keep it. Chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2. He said God put Adam in the garden of Eden and told him to tend and keep it. Adam had a brand new world. Brand new, untouched. I mean, he was cutting the ribbons off the trees. And the animals, brand new, and they lost it. He lost it. God told him to keep it and to tend it. What you don't keep, what you don't safeguard, 
you can lose. I've seen people lose jobs, the same jobs that God gave them. I've seen people lose marriages, the same marriage that God gave them. I've seen people lose admissions, lose promotions. And when they lose it, they now begin to second-guess God and say, you know what, maybe it wasn't for me. No, it was for you. You were the one that didn't safeguard the testimony. Don't put it on God. It was for you. So this morning, I'm going to teach you, you know, certain things to look out for and the things you can do to make sure your testimony is permanent. Permanent. You know, when, the, when, when Jesus healed the leper, one of them came back. Only one of them came back. There were ten of them, but one came back and said, you know what, thank you. You know, thank you. Now I'm healed. Now I'm, you know, everything is all right. And then Jesus said, where are the remaining nine? You know, and the guy was like, I, I don't know, but me, I'm here. And then Jesus says something. He said, go, your faith has made you whole. There's a difference between healing and wholeness. That wholeness is completion. It's completion. So, what do you watch out for to make sure the enemy doesn't steal your testimony? Number one, watch out for pride. Uh, beware of pride. Beware of pride. Beware of pride. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another nor my praise be carved images. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I would not give to another. I would not give to another. You know, guys, we have to be very careful about certain statements. You know, man, I did it. I did it. I, you know, it was, it was all me. So you, it might sound very innocent. But that thing that God did for you, huh? you didn't do it. You know, you didn't do it. We'll begin to see graduation invitations very soon. I did it. I did it. You didn't do it. God did it. Oh, I got this. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> I got this. You ain't got nothing. Have anything, God is the one in charge. Be careful, be careful, be careful. I have this habit, you know, and my wife has risen, she's asked me before a long time ago where you know, when someone tells me, Oh, thank you, or good job, I just say, Oh, thank God. My response is always, Thank God. It, it's, it's a default for me now. It's difficult for me to say, You're welcome. It says, Ah, thank God. What am I doing? I'm just diverting it straight to the doer. I'm just a channel. Just a channel. Oh, PJ, I was so blessed by that message. Thank God. I didn't have the message. It was God that gave it to me. I'm just a what? A channel. Always see yourself as a channel. You know, be very careful. You know, we, we, we think those who are proud are those who are just, you know, those who are rude. They're, they're, they're cocky. You see it in their actions. I've seen very gentle Poor, but proud people. Some very gentle and proud people. And what, guess what it takes? You just trying to compete with God to take his glory. That's all it takes. 
That's what I, you know, times when even God expects you to ask for help, when you don't ask, it's pride. You say, God, I'm just gentle. No, you are proud. I'm just an introvert. No, you are proud. You don't know it. Ask the one that knows it, and you know the person knows it. Ask. Pride. I was, you know, privileged to grow up in um, a family, you know, I, ha I have a humble background. My wife doesn't like hearing humble, she doesn't like me hearing, she doesn't like hearing me say I came from a humble background because to her, <laughs> it's not humble. <laughs> so I don't know, but we, we're still on that. But <laughs> I came from a very humble background. And, you know, at, so at some point, you know, God really blessed my parents we had the best of things, you know, like went to the best of schools. We, every holiday we traveled abroad. We went to different places. But she doesn't like me hearing that. That's not a humble background. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so we, you know, there was no, my brother and I had no need for things. You know, even up until we moved into this country, everything was paid for. You know, my brother went to private schools. Everything was, we lived that kind of life. Now, and that's because, you know, God gave my parents this business that we had. But at some point, we lost it. We lost it because of pride. Let me tell you the angle I'm talking about. We went into something. Huh? We went into something we weren't supposed to go into. You know, like another business idea came. But instead of seeking God's divine guidance, we assumed that we knew better. And because of that, we lost it. We, we, we lost, I mean, the business, the only thing left is just the heart. Divine guidance is essential to you fulfilling your destiny. Don't think you know it all. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6 says that, Trust in the Lord your God. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, verse 6, do what? Acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. And he will do what? Direct your path. In all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. I know, you know, there are some of you here, very intelligent. You know, you're very smart. You know, some of you can figure out your entire life. You can figure out the entire life of your spouse, of your children. You've not even seen them. But everything is, everything is sorted out. You know the schools you are going to. You know what they will look like. You know their dress sizes. Everything. Sorted out. You're very intellectual. You like research. Science has proven this. This can be what, you know, it's just logic. Be careful. Be what? Be careful. Be careful. I used to be, you know, the kind of person who I, I love to plan. My goodness. I love to plan. I love to make sure things are in order. I love to make sure, you know, I don't like, I don't like being under pressure. So because of that, I do my things like that. Do you understand? But at a point, you know, but I married a wife who, 
my wife is just very no she's heavily god dependent like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know my wife will just she just believes that everything will take care of itself you know god you know my wife if you tell her today that she has a professional exam tomorrow oh, okay. just give me the textbook she'll read it and whatever she reads i don't know is the one that they will ask her <laughs> how i've been reading since november 2019 <laughs> and i will get there and I was like, why <laughs> you know i tend to lean on my understanding but god caught me a couple of years back be careful be careful when i begin to see myself go deep into that i just you know just I just begin to pray and just begin to lean on god god you know help me pride can steal your testimony let me show you something. Let's, let's study a little bit. Let's go into the book of Exodus. Let's go into the book of Exodus. I'm going to show you something about the story of Moses. Sorry, not Exodus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20 from verse 6. Numbers 20 from verse 6. Let's read 6 to 12. It says, So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle. Now, before this, what happened was the ch- children of Israel they came and they said they were thirsty. They needed water and they didn't have water. So they went to meet Moses and Aaron and asked them for water. So Moses and Aaron now went to the presence of the um, to the presence of the of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Not that part. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus, you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod, and before the Lord, as he commanded, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now. You, you what? You rebels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't catch me twice. (laughs) Must we bring water for you out of this rock? (sighs) Did you hear that? Must we? We. That's him and God on the same level. Say, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with the rod. What did God tell him to do to the rock? Speak to the rock. But he struck the rock twice. Not even once. Twice. I mean, he should have just gone, ah. ah." He struck it twice. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Because you did not believe me. To hallow me. To honor me. And respect me. And worship me. In the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly. Into the land which I have given you. Just because of pride. 
just because of disobedience. Guess what? His own was worse in the sense that he had divine guidance, but he still disobeyed the divine guidance. There are some of you here that God has given you divine guidance. You know God has spoken to you. You know that this is what God is saying. But because of your emotions, because of your flesh, because of your own selfish desire, you're paying a blind, you're turning a blind ear to what God is saying. So just because of that move, shall we see what happened? Guess what? Let's fast forward to verse 24 of Numbers 20. The time has come for you, Aaron, to join. The time has come for Aaron to join his ancestors in death. He will not enter the land I am giving the people of Israel because the two of you rebelled against my instructions concerning the water at Meribah. Because the two of you, at least, everyone should have tried to stop him. You know. Deuteronomy 34 from verse 1 to 4. Deuteronomy 34 from verse 1 to 4. Deuteronomy 34 verse 1 to 4 says, Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to you, to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. Pride. Another scripture that says that a pride comes before a fall. That's what it means. In the name of Jesus, you won't only see your future, but you would also get there. Nothing will stop you from getting to God's destiny for your life. Don't compete with God. Tell someone next to you, don't compete with God. Mm, and someone tells you, good job. Just say what? Thank God. Thank God. Number two. Number two. These are the things that rob our testimonies. Sin. Beware of sin. Beware of sin. Sometimes we lose things because we don't separate ourselves from sin. John chapter 5, verse 14. John 5, 14 says, Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. This was a man who has been paralyzed for 38 years. You know, he's been sick for 38 years. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a wrong thing comes upon you. Sin no more, lest a what? a worse thing comes upon you. So this man has been sick for 38 years. And then Jesus came. The pool of Bethesda, right? The pool of Bethesda is where that place is called. If you read, you know, from verse 1. And at this particular place, that's where sick people gather. 
And those who are blind, those who are deaf, those who are paralyzed, or those who just have any kind of need. So they gather at this pool. And once a day, an angel of God will come down and stir the pool. Okay, when the angel does that, those who are able to get into the pool first receive their healing. Do you understand? So most times, it's difficult for certain people. You know, someone who is paralyzed. I mean, if you are blind, at least you still have legs. You just walk in any direction and just hope you'll get into the pool. But for someone, you know, who doesn't have legs, it's difficult for them to be able to be the first in the pool. And this man, that's his category. So he's been there. He's been there for, what, 38 years. 38 years. But one day, one day, look at this. Let's read that first part together. Let's go. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. Stop right there. Who found who? Jesus found him in the temple. Meaning that that day was his day of visitation. The scripture says that when he received his healing, Jesus withdrew from there. He didn't heal everybody that day. It was his day of visitation. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 21 says that, and God visited Hannah and she conceived. Day of visitation. Genesis, 2, Genesis 21 verse 1 says that, and God visited Sarah. May you not be absent on the day of your visitation. Yeah. Stop skipping church. Skipping church, skipping, stop it. You don't know. Today is someone's day of visitation. Today is someone's day of what? Of visitation. Visitation. Jesus found him. That day, he didn't have to walk towards the pool because Jesus was there to visit him and he healed him. But guess what Jesus left him with? Guess what he left him with? He said, Sin. See that, see that you have been made well, meaning I've done my part. Hmm? Then he now said that sin no more, lest a worse thing comes upon you. Meaning it was even sin that got him in that situation in the first place. So Jesus said, sin no more. For this testimony to be very permanent, it takes partnership. When God gives you a testimony, there is a part he plays. He has played his own part by giving you the testimony. There's a part you play huh, to secure and safeguard your testimony. He told him, sin no more. Because if you sin, not only would you lose this one, a worse one, you think you've been paralyzed for 38 years, he's about to be 78. A worse one will come upon you. And that would not be anyone's portion in Jesus' name. When God gives you a testimony, it's to his glory. It's to his glory. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to live a life of abundance. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be oppressed by the devil. No. But there's a part that you play. Let me show you something when it comes to sin. Can you come? Um, follow me. Okay, you stay right here. Can you, can you come? You're looking down. I'm calling you. Come here, my friend. <laughs> it's a come. Okay, so you, 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 face, you face that side. Um, come here, Demi. So you just back her right here. Okay? No, back Good. Yes, like that. So, Palumi right here represents the flesh, the body, you know. Demi here represents the spirit. You know, the spirit, the word of God says that there is a spirit in man, right? 
So this is what happens when you come to church. So just hold, no, no, just lock each other's hand. Good. So, no, just, just his hand, it's okay. Don't tighten yourself. So this is what happens. For the most part, you know, you want to fulfill the desires of the flesh. You want to go clubbing on Saturday and come to church on Sunday. So, what is happening is this. So, what is happening is this. Both of you take one step forward. Both of you take one step forward. No, come back, come back. You can't move forward in God. And at the same time, you can't continue with the world. So, your life remains stagnant. You're not going forward. You're not going backwards. But guess what? Your spirit needs help. Right? Then. And then I come. You're filled. Just face forward. Yep. And hold a hand. The Holy Spirit comes into your spirit. Takes over. Huh? Now both of you, all of you take one step forward. Then begins to weaken your flesh. Now hold on. Hold on. Hold on right there. Hold on right there. Give me Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. Isaiah 11 verse 2. Isaiah 11 verse 2 says that the spirit of the Lord will rest upon you. This is the spirit of the Lord. Then what's next? Spirit of wisdom. Tie up. Come. Lock it. What's next? Spirit of understanding. Come on. Lock it. What's next? Spirit of counsel. Come and lock it. What's next? Spirit of might. What's next? Spirit of knowledge. Come on. Lock it. And the last one, what's next? Running. Fear of the Lord. Go out there. Lock it. All the spirits face that side. Body face this side. Everyone take one step forward. The more you are filled with the spirit of God, the more you weaken the flesh. Galatians 5 verse 16 says that when you walk in the spirit, you cannot fulfill the desires of the what? Of the flesh. Thank you. Go ahead and sit down. That's how you deal with sin. That's how you deal with sin. You know what? Sin is of the flesh. And you can't separate the spirit from the flesh. Because the spirit is in the body. When you separate the spirit from the body, that's death. But what you can do is to be strong in the spirit. And you weaken the flesh to the point whereby you are the one that controls your flesh. Are you with me this morning? Get away from sin. Get away from sin. It steals testimonies. In the name of Jesus, sin will not rob you of your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus, sin will not rob you of your testimonies. In the name of Jesus. So, real quick, what are the ways you now, what are the ways, you know, you, 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 you secure your testimony? Number one, if we're spoken about um, watching out for pride, the opposite of pride is what? Humility. So humility is one. 
All right? You can secure your testimony with humility. If we spoke about, you know, staying away from sin, then it means that you secure your testimony by living a life of holiness, a life that pleases God, a life that God is happy about. Now, I'm going to talk about two more, two more ways of securing your testimony. Number, number three, prayers. Number three is what? Prayers. 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 Nehemiah chapter 4 from verse 7 to 9. Let's look at Nehemiah's story. Nehemiah chapter 4 from verse 7 to 9 says, Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of, Jeris of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were, being, were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Guess what, guys? Not everybody will be happy about your testimony. Yeah, some people will be very angry. Some people will be very mad that God did it for you. But it's none of your business. If they have a question, they can go and ask the giver. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Nevertheless, we did what? We made our prayers. We made our prayers to God. Prayers secure testimonies. Prayers secure what? Testimonies. They make their prayers to God. When God gives you something, you use prayers to keep it. You pray over it. Father, this testimony shall be established in the name of Jesus. No, nothing shall infiltrate this testimony. I cover it in the mighty name of Jesus. Prayers secure what? Testimonies. Secure testimonies. You know, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Nehemiah chapter 6 from verse 1 to 5. Um, I'm kind of rushing now. Nehemiah 6 verse 1 to 5 says, Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no bricks left in it. Though at the time I had not hung the doors in the gates, that Sambalat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they, but they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. It's not every message you answer. It's not every place you go to. It's not every invitation you RSVP. They're not looking for you everywhere. I am doing a great work, so I cannot what? Come. I cannot come. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times. Four times. And I answered them in the same manner. Then Sambalat sent his servants to me as before, even the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. And yet, he said, I am not coming down. Distractions can make you lose a testimony. Matthew 6, 22 says that if thy, thine eye be single, then the entire body will be full of light. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay what? Stay focused. I'm doing a great work here. I can come. I can come. I can come. We're going to pray shortly, but lastly, before we do that, number four, how do you 
secure your testimony. You secure your testimony in the blood of Jesus. In the what? The blood of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19. First Peter 1 19 says, The blood of Jesus is a safe place. Sorry, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. The blood of Jesus has no blemish. The blood of Jesus has no spot. The blood of Jesus is uncontaminated. The blood of Jesus is, is it's, it's, it's secure. It's a safe place to do what? To preserve your testimony. To preserve your testimony. It's in the blood. That's where you protect it. That's where you secure it. Exodus chapter 12 verse 13 says, in there it says that, and when I see the blood, I will pass over. That's the angel of death. I would pass what over. Meaning that it's in the blood. <laughs> it's in the blood that you keep your testimonies from death. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. Why would God give you a business idea and you would want it to die? Secure it in the blood. The blood cannot be contaminated. If the enemy moves near the blood, he burns. It's in the blood. In the blood. Revelation 12, 11 says, for we overcome him by what? By the blood. Your victory is in the blood. The blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. The blood. The blood. In the name of Jesus, everything that God has prepared for you in this year 2020 shall be secured. The blood of Jesus will avail for you in the mighty name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will speak for you in the name of Jesus. You will not lose any testimony this year in the name of Jesus. God will keep you. God will keep your properties. God will keep your family. God will keep your belongings in the mighty name of Jesus. Shall we rise this morning? The blood. The blood. The blood. The blood of Jesus. Don't joke with it, guys. <laughs> Don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. If you ask my children, they'll tell you. Just ask them, like, what do we do? You know, what do you guys do every Sunday night? What do you do every Sunday night? They will tell you. They'll tell you. We take the communion. I don't wait to ch come to church before I take communion. I soak my family in the blood. I soak my household in the blood. I soak the week I'm going into in the blood. Thank you for joining us and a special thanks to those of you who give to our service. It is because of you we are able to spread the gospel and touch the souls of young adults. If you'd like to give, you can do so on our app, Emerge Champs, or go to our website, www.emergechamps.org. We pray you have a blessed week and see you next time. Bye.